I just want to acknowledge that I'm extremely honored to be here. Um, extremely humbled, extremely, I feel extremely privileged. Um, you know, Sam came to me and asked if I, w- I would speak, and I was like, or he asked me if I'd pray about it, and then the next day he just told me I was going to do it. <laughs> but, you know, in, inside of me, uh, this, this means a lot, and um, it's funny when, you know, you pray about things, and you know what God wants to do with your life, and I know that I'm called to be a pastor and to be a bishop and to shepherd a body. And, and, you know, you pray for those things, and then they're in front of you, and it's like, God, what do I do, you know? And so I'm just going to be sharing with you guys um, what God's been speaking to me about. And so I might speak some things boldly or, or might seem harsh, but I want you to know that it's coming from a place in which God has been dealing with me. And as an LFBI student, as... Um, just a student of the word, I, I, I've recognized that in and of myself, I, I have, relative to what I'm responding to, I have a lot of knowledge, right? And so I have all these things that I know, but then yet, when it comes to living them out, there's some type of disconnect where I don't walk with God. And that's, that's this message, from concept to conversation. And when we look at conversation, that word in the Bible. It's not like sitting over coffee and then talking about sports. It's not like a conversation that we, we talk about. It's a lifestyle. And so maybe it could be said this way, moving from the head to the heart, right? Moving from information to interaction. Moving from principle to practice. If you're Joe Paul or you, you play electric guitar, maybe like from your skull to your soul. And you're like, I'm sorry, I had to throw it in there. I had to honor Dan in a dad joke. Um, maybe it's, it's knowledge or knowing to sowing. Is that happening? Are we sowing? Are we sowing to the flesh? Or are we sowing to the spirit? Are we reaping the fruits of the spirit? Is that actually happening in our life? And what I want to charge is, like, from a, from a church body that, that teaches and preaches the Word of God, and despite even being a part of the body, but just having the Word of God and being able to know it, uh, we, we have a lot to respond to. We have a lot to respond to, and, and I confess that I haven't been, and it's a mockery to God. And so I want to just give context, if you would, open your Bibles to Galatians chapter 1. We're going to be specifically looking at that chapter and, and discussing what's going on in that book. The thesis that Paul is laying out to give context to that book is verses 6 and 7a, and we'll get into that. In the context of Galatians, right, if we consider uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, um, it should be the next one. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, for correction, and instruction of righteousness. And if we just see how the book of Galatians fits into the epistles that God has given us through Paul, we see that Romans, a book of doctrine. Corinthians, a book of reproof. Paul's re- rebuking them for their wicked sin and their, their sexual perversions. Right? Galatians, a book of correction. Ephesians, a book of instruction to righteousness. In four, he says, this is how we're supposed to function as a body. In five, he says, this is how you're supposed to be a wife. This is how you're supposed to be a husband. This is how you're supposed to be a servant, a master. In six, this is how you're supposed to put on the armor of God. Right? But for Galatians, it's, it's that of instruction. We're, we're, we're to, or correction, I'm so sorry. 
It's for us to respond to. It's for us to go back to the things that we know and say, I'm going to respond to that. And as it relates to the book of Galatians, looking at verse 6 and 7, Paul says, I marvel that you've been so soon removed from him that has called you into his grace unto another gospel, which is not another. He says, it's, it's the most absurd thought that you would know God. You were saved. You say you know that, but you're removed from him. It, it's, it's crazy. And the, the context here is there were, Paul was returning to the church that he had preached to prior, prior to this, this time. And he's talking to them, and there had been men that, that came in, referred to as Judaizers, who would come in and say that it wasn't by grace alone, but it was also by the works of the flesh. It was, it was also by the law. And we know that this isn't the gospel. We wouldn't ever preach this, but so often, I was just reflecting on this, my life is a life of works. My, I, I strive. And I see those fruits in Galatians chapter 5, 22, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, and I see them, and I want to be that man, and instead of waiting on God to do an inner work in me, I just, I go try to get that done. And I don't abide in Christ, and I don't allow his word to abide in me, and have that work start within me, and then it work out of me, working my salvation out of me, right, but I, but I go and I try to replace this godliness by just an outward manifestation of my flesh, my flesh, right? And so I think uh, the condition of the condition of the, the Galatians can be summed up in 2 Peter 2, verse 20 through 22. It says in 20 that they had the knowledge of a Savior. They had a, a knowledge of a saving faith in verse 21, right? But it would have been better for them not to have known that than to have known it and then not responded to it, to go back to the things that they were delivered from. In Galatians, the, the first intro that Paul gives in Galatians chapter 1, he says, you've been delivered from the world. The question is, have you been delivered from this present evil world or are you removed from the gospel of Jesus Christ? He says, I marvel at this. It's absurd. It's crazy. Like We have Marvel comics. Right? And that's, that's an absurd thing. We don't actually believe that. He's saying this is crazy. You say you know God. You say you know that God sent his son and he laid down his life and he died for you. His blood was shed. And, and we, we know this. We, we know this here. What is it going to take for that to get into our heart, go 18 inches deep? I think about, you know, I've, I've been walking just through uh, Proverbs. We've been going through, you know, walking in wisdom at Midtown. And, and as I was just walking through that, you see oftentimes that the word of God is so often associated with the heart, and it's associated with uh, the honeycomb. And right, that honey gets in my mouth, and it's sweet, but then as I start to digest it, and I have to respond to it with the affections of my belly, it, it starts to be bitter. And in Galatians chapter 4, verse 8, can we go back up a couple... Yeah, yeah. Right? So it says, How be it then, when ye knew not God, ye did, ye did service unto them which were by nature no gods, but now, after ye have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage? And right before this, Paul says in Galatians chapter 4 that they were delivered from those things. 
right? And so they're going back to these things and they're returning them to him. And he's saying, you served your flesh. You served these little G gods. And now that you actually know God, you won't even serve him. You, you continue to serve. You actually, you know God. You, do you? Do I? And, and God's been just stabbing me like, come on, man. If, if you say you know these, why is evangelism so hard? Why, why? You need to respond, right? And this is the concept, right? We see the, the concept of the gospel. They had an intellectual understanding. And the issue was not a matter of them responding to these Judaizers coming in and giving them false doctrine. The issue was that they weren't responding to the truth that they had. This is the issue. And the thing is, is that we know enough, right? But the question is, out of the things that you know, I just want you to think critically about your life right now. Out of the things you know, whether you just found out about Jesus or you've been serving him for 60 years, the things that you know, what are you responding to? Do you know that you're supposed to evangelize as a Christian? God has commanded you to do that. Are you doing it? Am I doing it? And if you didn't know, you know now. Are you going to do it? <laughs> if you didn't, you, you, you know it now. I know it now. And I know these things and I, I won't respond. So the issue was that of obedience. Galatians 3 verse 1. Paul says, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth. Right? Galatians Chapter 3, verse 3, he says, Are ye so foolish that you began in the spirit, right, but, but now you're made perfect in the flesh? It's, it's that seeing, you know, the, the new man that God wants me to be, that, that perfect man upright walking with God, and now I'm just going to work. You know, that, that faith and that desperate dependency I had when I called at him for salvation? Yeah, that, that, it's a different faith now that I walk with God in sanctification. What? Like, it's the same spirit. It's the same faith that we have to have. He says, are ye so foolish? In Galatians uh, chapter 5, verse 7, he says, ye did run well, right? Who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? Who did hinder you? Right? I, was, I was thinking about this this morning. I was just going back through my notes, and I wrote down, um, you know, we see the proverb, as a, as a dog would return to his own vomit. His own vomit, not, right, the, that poop he eats in the yard, and you're like, what the heck? Like his own vomit, he throws it up, and he's going back to his own disgusting works. I go back to my, my own disgusting works, and I was thinking about this this morning in Genesis chapter 3, right? Where art thou, Adam? Verse 11. Hast thou eaten of the tree? It was the woman. Eve. Verse 13. What is this that thou hast done? The serpent beguiled me. You won't take claim for your own disobedience. It's always, it's always somebody else. It's always something else. And, and I've recognized within myself, I, I, just, I justify not, do, not obeying God. He says do something. Right? We have no excuse. The Bible says that too much is given, much is required. And I've been given the living Son of God murdered on a cross, and I'm called to do something with it. I've been given a lot. I've been given everything. What more can God do for me? 
He can't. He can't do anything. He's done everything. It's done. He said it was finished on Calvary. Me doing any amount of work says that Christ actually died in vain. That's what Paul says in Galatians chapter 2, verse 21. That's the issue. It's not an issue of me looking really spiritual or, or this. My God is not dead, and I'm not going to live like he is. Amen? <laughs> and... So this moves us into an understanding that uh, correction, the ministry of correction is that of uh, reflection. And in 2 Peter 1, verse 8 and 9, it says, for these things. And we see this, this list, right? If you go through D2, which I'm just going to plug that right now, go through D2, right? You, you see the seven stages of spiritual growth, right? And you, you see men going from the knowledge Peter's speaking, he says, they have the knowledge of the salvation of Jesus Christ, but then instead of adding to their faith virtue, they just go ahead and add knowledge. Let's just get some more knowledge. And you don't add to that faith that you had when you were desperate for God, right? You don't add virtue to that. And that's what I was doing. And it says in verse 9, but he that lacketh these things, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, charity, it says he that lacked these things is blind and cannot see afar off, can't see that 20 years that he has. His feet aren't pointed in the right direction. And he hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Right, Peter goes on in 2 Peter 1, verse 12. This is not in the, I apologize, this is not, I was going through this morning and uh, God is just bringing stuff to my attention. And he says, wherefore, I will not be negligent to put always in remembrance these things. I'm going to remind you. Right? As a man of God, I'm going to remind me. <laughs> remind me that I need to go back to those first things. Have you left your first love? Do you remember those first things? Is that not enough to live in? And this is to say that the ministry of correction... Um, is a ministry of reflection and application. We're to take the things that we already know, the, the obedience that we don't have, and we're to move in it, and we're to move in that direction. And my question for you, this is the question that God was asking me. He says, do you remember? And I honestly want to give space, like, do you remember? See, for... For me, I gave my life to the Lord three years ago. I've only been reading the Bible three years, and I'm still, I can catch myself, and I can say that I'm, re how, how am I removed from it? I'm so close to my salvation, right? I can't imagine what it would be like 50 years, you're, you're serving God faithfully, and you're saying, God, do I remember? And I'm just asking, do you, do you remember that day? Not some process, not just a day that you said, I need God, and he separated you from your flesh. Do you remember that? Are you living in that? Are you living in that place? I don't know where you're at, but I know where I'm at, and I'm, I'm speaking to that. <laughs> I forget, and I'm so soon removed from him that called me into his grace unto another gospel. And when we consider that thesis in Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, he says in verse 7a, right, which is not another. I'm removed to something that doesn't even exist. It, it doesn't exist. I'm removed to an, another gospel, another good news. It's not even good. There's, it's not. There, there's nothing there. 
And so the question is, do you remember? And I think this is the issue. When we forget the gospel, we forget our identity in Christ. And when we forget our identity, they're inseparable. You, You can't say that, you know, this is who I am and I know who I am. And then yet not have that gospel thing figured out, right? And, and so you can't forget the gospel because when you do, you also forget your identity. And when you forget your identity, you forget your victory. And so, right, nobody in here, and, and I, I believe this with all of my heart, would stand up here and say, you know, um, nobody would stand up here and preach a gospel in which there was no cross, Right? Amen? We wouldn't, we wouldn't preach, you know, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth and believe in thine heart that uh, Christ was buried, thou shalt be saved. What? That's, a, that's the most absurd thought. Right? But, but God has asked us to live that. So the question is, what are you preaching with your life? Are you preaching a perverted gospel that says there is no cross? Are you in sin? Are you continuing in sin so that grace may abound? What about that guilt? What about that shame? What about that sting of death that has gone away in 1 Corinthians 15? Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? If, if we are, to, we would never speak that with our lips, but what does our life say? That's the question. Blade, what does your life say? Yeah, you'd never meet up with somebody and say, yeah, you're going to be saved by just believing that the Son of God was buried and God's dead, right? But you live like that. You live like that. You live, in, you live in sin. And you go back to that bondage that you were freed from that. Paul says in Galatians chapter 4 that you've been given a spirit to be called the Son of God, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. He's your Father. And I just consider these things, and I guess the question is, you, we, we know all these things. And if, we're to, if I'm to speak to everybody in this room, and maybe you don't know, the gospel is the life, the perfect life, the man who knew no sin, right, coming and dying on a cross, became my sin, that I might be made the righteousness of God in him. And he was buried, and he rose again, and he was resurrected from the grave that through my belief on him, I would have everlasting life. Okay, so let's just go with that knowledge. Are we responding to that? I mean, this is the, the most fundamental message. Like, uh, promoting LFBI, right? This isn't some academic head game. Like, I'm, I'm going through LFBI to be prepared to be sent out to see souls saved for the glory of God. It's not some like intellectual, theological, oh, I know more than you. No, I want to live more than you. And I want to represent Christ with my life, and I'm not going to change. And that's going to come from walking in the Spirit of God. And so I just want to point out some, some things in that, that first chapter of Galatians as I kind of wrap up. Um, Look at verse 13. We'll we'll go to uh, Galatians chapter 1, 15 through 16. It says in verse 15, 
But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach to the heathen. In Galatians 1 verse 23, right, we see Paul say, but they had heard only that he which persecuted us in time past uh, now preaches the faith that he once, once destroyed. And the question that I asked is, do you remember? Paul remembered. Paul remembered where he came from. He said that conversation in times past that God freed me from, it goes on, right? Beyond measure, I persecuted the church and wasted it. He was wasting the life that God had intended for him, and he didn't even see it. And in verse 23, it says that they heard. Your, your life, your life is something that God hears. Your heart is something that God sees. Search the scriptures, you, you see that, right? Why, why so often when, when man receives God's grace, it's always in his sight. God sees the heart of man, right? But he hears your life preaching something different. The modern day equivalence phrase would be, um, actions speak louder than words. God hears you. God hears you preaching that perverted gospel, Blade. Will you wake up? Will you sin not? And it just, it consumed me. And what I want to end on, and this might be a harsh note, but in chapter 8, or in chapter 8, in Galatians, chapter 1, verse 8, Right, there are affirmative statements that he's saying. He's saying if right, an angel of heaven preach any other gospel, right, it goes on. Right, if any man preach any other gospel, if anything is different, if it's just slightly off, let him be a curse. Let him be a curse. Paul says in the later part of Galatians, he says uh, a little... Leaven, leaven is the whole lump. I recognize that in and of myself, if I continued to walk down this like striving, that the, the fruit that I produce from my life as it relates to my disciples, it would be the same. And I had to respond to that, otherwise God's name would be mocked. And that phrase, right, that phrase, let him be accursed, to hell with you. That's what God said to me. That's, I'm, I'm sorry, like, I, I, I don't, I, I'm preaching this from a place in which God has been rocking me. I'm not okay with not living the gospel that he saved me from, or saved me with. I, I'm not okay living outside of that. And he says, to hell with you, Blade. <laughs> and it, it, it hurts, it, it hurts to know that that my God is not pleased with my life. And the God that poured out his blood for me and was risen for me, that if I'm not serving him, it's all in vain. That's my God. And he's not dead. He's enough for me. And he's enough to give my life to. Is he that for you? Is he that for you? And what I want to say is, through all this, God's asking you to walk with him. 
right? He, he gives that correction, and he's just establishing doctrine in the, the whole middle of the Galatians so that he can set a foundation to, to lay application out, to give them application. And he says, walk. Walk ye in the Spirit, and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Right? We, we went over this last night. And then in the last chapter, he's giving them instructions for righteousness. And he says, if you want to fulfill the law of Christ, bear one another's burdens. You'll fulfill the love of Christ that way. You know, you know the, the same way that Jesus Christ bared your burden when he took up his cross and he went to Calvary? Yeah, yeah, you need to do the same thing for yourself. Take up your cross daily. Walk with God daily. But also take it up for your brother. Also take it up for your brother. And if you're dealing with, you know, this is not a message of condemnation, and I hope you understand that. Jesus Christ did not come to condemn, but to set people free. In John chapter 1, verse 14, it says that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And God says that truth will set you free. Are you free indeed? Are you still depressed? Are you still not serving God in in victory? What is it going to take? He can't die again. I'm asking with all of my heart that we would be a people that would serve God with our lives and not just our lips. Serve God with our legs, that we'd walk, that we'd set our feet, that we'd set our affection on things above, that we'd seek ye first the kingdom of God. We know these verses, but yet we just dismiss them like, dismiss them like they're nothing. Oh, you know, that's a good verse for a, a person that doesn't, hasn't ever read the Bible. No, that's a good verse for me. That's a good verse for me. I need to seek ye first the kingdom of God and not worry about the, all these little details of my life. God cares about us. He's our Father. And He wants you to respond. This Christian life is worth living and laying down your life for. And so I just want to ask five questions and then I'm going to pray and we'll be done. Have you received truth? That's the first question. Have you received it? Okay? No? Receive it today. Come forward. Pray with somebody. You can know God. You can know him. Have you been removed? Have you received? Have you been removed from, not from a gospel or not from a knowledge or not from the Bible? Have you been removed from him, from fellowship with him, from the Father? Can you remember? That's the question. I think, can we just remember? If we remember that thing, man, everything else in life, I don't do love, I don't do joy, I don't do peace, right? It's all done. It's all done, and I'll just rest in that finished work. Do you remember? Will you repent and return? Right? You can remember and then not respond, and so that's the last question. Will you just turn around, put your feet in the direction of God, and just say, God, take my life? Will you respond? And not respond in a moment and then, you know, go on and do your thing, but respond daily. Will you make that commitment? Will you be accountable to walking with God daily, responding daily, remembering daily, receiving daily? Will those things be true of me in, in, in my life? And uh, I just want to pray for us. I don't know if worship's next or break or what's going on. But as you feel need, please 
come forward. Please speak to somebody that you're with. God wants you to be right with him. Lord, um, Father, we come and um, honor you in this time. You're God worthy of all praise. Um, praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the, praise the Holy Ghost. Um, Lord, the work that you've done is enough to live in. And God, I just come, Lord, with a heart, um, Lord, so heavy, so burdened, Lord, for myself. I marvel at myself so often. And um, God, I just pray that we would be a people who, who live, Lord, in that life that you've called us to more abundantly. And that we would not live in this place um, where we just know things, but God, we don't, we don't do anything with them. And God, I pray if there's anybody here that doesn't know you in an intimate way that God, whether they, they, they did know you and they need to return, God, I pray for that. I pray that you would do a work in them that only your spirit can do. God, I pray for the person that doesn't know you at all and their, their, their feet are headed to that pit. God, would you, would you save them? Lord, would you, would you set them apart? God, would you seal them with your spirit? God, would you... God, would you just do a work in this place? Um, Lord, we're, we want to be all about what you've already done and not come up with new things. God, we just want to rest in that. And so, God, I just pray, Lord, make us men and women of God who walk with you in daily obedience. God, we love you, praise you, and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.